0: To episode 187 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. So for the podcast this week, we're, we're actually going to be doing a uh, double episode where we take a look back at the year of uh, talking technology, and over 50 episodes, if you can believe that, um, of, of content and, you know, sort of sort of look at, at, at all the different major themes that, that came out of those episodes, uh, the guests that we had on, uh, you know, the, the technologies that we dug into and, and you know, think about how those, uh, those themes come together. So this is our last episode of the year. Um, oh, no. And and it's uh, it's always a fun one because I, I enjoy looking back at at all the things we discussed and sort of seeing uh, where the year 2016 took us. So the laughing,
1: the crying, <laughs> yeah,
0: the uh, blood, sweat, and tears, right? So yeah, so there there are five themes that that I plucked out of. Uh, the uh, episodes, uh, the 50 episodes that we did. And uh, we'll start off uh, with the first one. Artificial intelligence is too smart for its own good. So we had three episodes on artificial intelligence last year, episode uh, 149, uh, we talked about some of the uh, very public successes and failures of of tech giants in the AI space, uh, including uh, Microsoft had to terminate uh, Tay, its teenage chatbot, uh, after the bots started tweeting neo-Nazi propaganda and other abusive language uh, at people. So a uh, big public failure. I don't know if, if you remember that, Dirk. Um, yeah, I do, you know, but um, I'm glad you mentioned it first because when you said that this
1: was about the AI is getting too smart I was thinking geez all I thought about all years the AI is really freaking stupid
0: Yeah, that's that's sort of uh, too smart in quotes, right? So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, Subjects uh, to some review. So the big big success uh, that, that we highlighted was uh, Google's deep mind uh, Which created an, an AI capable of beating uh, some of the very best human players in in the world of Go. Uh, so, so as much as Tay was a, uh, a, a miserable mess, um, there, there, there was advancement in terms of AI, a, at least in the understanding gaming and rules um, uh, subjects. So, so as those uh, sort of two things came to be, uh, there was AI in, in a lot of other areas as well, uh, our episode 151, uh, we talked about AI going to art school and imitating one of the great masters. There was there was a faux Rembrandt created by uh, an AI, which you know used all of the master's techniques learned from uh, you know lots of studying different paintings and and generated this portrait of this. Uh, you know, white male with a mustache and hat that that looked very much like like it could have been uh, a Rembrandt, although the subject matter wasn't you know all that compelling. Um, just showing another area where AI was creeping into the uh, uh, the creative class area um, of um, you know. Painting, which you would normally wouldn't think of. Yeah, I mean, for me,
1: that was the most compelling story from an AI perspective of the year, because something like painting, original composition in painting, w- would be one of those things that is seen as... Um, Oh, you know, AI will never really replace humans. And it's because dot, dot, dot. And, you know, original creation of artwork, from my perspective, would sort of clearly be one of those chalk lines. And it just got blown away very, very quickly here in 2016.
0: Yeah, that, that was a stunner for me. I mean, once again, you know the the uh, topic of the or the subject of the painting wasn't all that interesting. So so I think we could debate whether it was a good replication of Rembrandt or you know whether it was just uh, you know so so. But but regardless, I thought it, know, was, it
1: was I thought it was remarkable from from my perspective.
0: Yeah, it it was definitely a stunner, and and if you looked at it, you 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 would not think that a computer had had basically 3d printed that um using a bunch of algorithms um, and
1: that it's original
0: that's the key is
1: that's original composition mm-hmm.
0: yeah. the computer composed that from nothing amazing yeah that 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 was truly amazing the the last episode we did on ai was was actually about Um, an algorithm generating stories about Major League Baseball. Um, Although I think, uh, sorry, not Major League Baseball, it's uh, Minor League Baseball, excuse me. But um, uh, basically the... Uh, instead of having a journalist go out to these minor league games obviously you can't uh, have that many uh, journalists going out uh, to all these considering how journalism is collapsing on itself so so why not have the computer do it uh, based on the statistics that are collected during the game so uh, there's an AI now that can take game stats and construct some kind of narrative uh, that could appear in your local paper uh, or what have you so you know, once again, another stab at creativity. I think uh, with 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 AI uh, being able to organize uh, coherent sentences to create this this baseball game narrative, probably not as impressive as our as our uh, painting, but um, uh, definitely starting to edge into the creative sphere, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me,
0: not nearly as impressive
1: as the painting. I mean, I, it was something I wasn't aware of that was happening. So when we when we talked about it, I was like, oh, interesting. Um, but it's also the sort of procedural thing I would expect AI to be able to do well. Um, so for me, the only surprise was I wasn't aware of it. The fact that the AI tech could do that was was just simply not a surprise.
0: All right. So moving on to our second theme. Uh, of this year, which is the DNA of everything. So we had, let's see here, eight episodes on uh, DNA genomics and uh, and cloning, uh, including an episode I I thoroughly enjoyed on engineering synthetic biology. We talked about uh, new coding language for uh, synthetic biologists to start. Uh, basically, automating uh, the creation of, of DNA. Um, we had an episode on cloning your your um, beloved pet. Uh, an episode on DNA as data storage. Um, an episode exploring the uh, the writing of human code, which uh, is is sort of the next big project to create a synthetic human. Uh, uh, genome, you know, we've got the Human Genome Project, which uh, decoded the human genome, and now uh, scientists are looking to create a synthetic human genome from, from scratch. Very interesting. Um, we ha- we were honored to have George Church on the show. Um, you interviewed him at the Get conference about genomics and life extension, and uh, and 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 we had uh, uh, rounding out those episodes with an episode on, on chimeras and bioethics, and then uh, finally an episode on, on a baby uh, with technically three parents uh, because uh, of, of a genomics technique uh, that incorporated some DNA from, from multiple people. So. Uh, As 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 far forward as as, you know, AI seems to have moved this year uh, DNA and and genomics seems to have created uh, You know quite a bit of news and and an awful lot of discussion Dirk. What were your? uh, You you know, so your favorites from that group of episodes Mm, I'm not sure about favorites, but Yeah, I I think the big difference between AI
1: and genomics is that AI is going to be changing the lives of all of us really soon, really soon, whereas genomics is going to change the lives of the wealthy really soon and may (laughs) or may not change the lives of the rest of us anytime soon. Um, So... You know for me, when i when I think of genomics in in sort of um, juxtaposition to to AI, which which we talked about before, that's what that's what I think about is the fact that AI really matters to all of us. Genomics matters to the elite and um, hopefully will will matter to more of us over time. but i'm I'm not counting on it anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's some, some underlying science with genomics that, that will have impact for uh, uh, for for more regular people uh, probably sooner than we think, especially in the uh, uh, in the synthetic biology. Um, Area, so you know the creation of, of certain materials by uh, you know say biodegradable plastics by altering the uh, um, by altering the the genes of bacteria, say. Uh, but I, I take your point, Dirk. You're talking more about the manipulation of uh, the human genome and and that sort of being uh, reserved for folks with an awful lot of money at uh, at That's the beginning. Right. Yeah. That's right.
1: Whether it be me sort of dictating the kind of child that um, would would sprout from from the the uh, you know proverbial loins of of uh, myself and a partner, or um, my life extension or my life enhancement at at some sort of large important scale, I mean those are those are simply things that will be reserved for the elite um, for for probably many years after first becoming truly commercializable and uh, it's, you know, just a question if they can ever get to the point um, or if they should get to the point of mattering, mattering for, for all of us.
0: So we spent a lot of time on, on genomics and DNA this year. Our, our next theme uh, was all about hacking and hacking reality. uh, And those episodes that, uh, in which we explored that were actually a, a little bit scary to me. I, we started off the year talking about uh, hacking uh, power plants and, and power grids. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, about a year ago, uh, there was an attack on a utility in Western Ukraine, which caused a blackout for 80,000 customers. Um, and it was a the first known power outage caused by a cyber attack. Um, And there was a particular kind of, of malware which infected the system and uh, Kiev's main airport went dark as a, as a result of that power outage. So, so these were, you know, some very serious consequences of, um, of cyber warfare basically um, that was writ large in, um, you know, in, in, in reality. And it was, you know, I mean, Ukraine is, is seemingly far off, but it just made it for me so much more present as, as, as a possible danger. Uh, so, so that kind of freaked me out a little bit. I don't know about you, Dirk.
1: Um, you know, it did. Yeah. Um, cause it's one of those things that, you know, we read about it in science fiction books, so it's, like, in our theoretical consciousness, and it's something that, like, I'm aware the way the technology all hooks together, it can be done, so um, it's it's a possible. But then when it happens, it's like, oh, crap, like, people are actually taking advantage of it. It's kind of—for me, it's similar to nine eleven. so— There was always, like, that vague possibility of terrorists driving planes into objects. I mean, it had been written about in fiction. It's something that I had thought about, but nobody had done it. And so it's like, okay, maybe this is just something humans aren't going to do to each other. And guess what? Boom, you know, and and things are are never the same. So that's kind of what it was like for— for me, it was it was surprising only, and there was like the threshold of been crossed. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. I guess, I guess we're going there. I guess that's going to be part of it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, welcome to the networked world, John.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've talked about this a number of times, but uh, there is the uh, internet botnet, of course, that. Uh, 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 sorry, the Internet of Things botnet, which uh, took out uh, some of the servers over at DIN and basically uh, uh, removed Internet access for a large number of people on the East Coast. Uh, that, that was fairly recent, a couple months ago. Uh, additionally, uh, in politics, of course, the one of the biggest uh, world stages is uh, the U.S. presidential election, and uh, hacking was all over the election, in particular uh, around uh, Hillary Clinton's emails and uh, the emails of uh, the DNC, uh, and then and then uh, an, another sort of hacking-related uh, story from this year was the Apple versus uh, FBI story, right with uh, the San Bernardino shooters' iPhone. Um, uh, required access um, and and the fbi was uh, uh asking apple to break into their own into their own phones and of course they refused to do so um but all of these things talk about uh sort of real life uh consequences for uh hacking and and cyber warfare and and i think this year more than um, more than in previous years, it's, it's really, uh, come, come to the front and, you know, come to the fore of, uh, and, and my attention is, is, is now, uh, my, my attention on this is, is strong because it, it's, it's starting to feel like a, a William Gibson novel to me, frankly.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of stories you mentioned there. I mean, which, which in particular should I, should I comment on?
0: well i i i would say the uh the u.s presidential election is is uh you know the consequences of of the hacking uh or around uh email communications uh that that sort of negatively affected the election for hillary clinton were uh substantial i think the effects were
1: substantial, but from a hacking perspective, the technology was unsophisticated, right? I mean, you're talking about hacking email systems that are, um, I mean, I sort of take for granted are rudimentary. I mean, because they involve, you know, I mean, Hillary Clinton is someone who explicitly has gone around sort of the best practice NSA models to have her own little homebrew server in the past so you know we we know that she as a as a public figure or politician is is far from a a a bastion of of security um and so what's what's interesting about it is the the consequence and that arguably the u.s presidential election was determined by revealing um you know the contents of those emails um but from a hacking perspective, to me, it's not actually not all that interesting. I mean, um, it's it's more of an information, um, you know, information transparency thing, and it's the right specific, um, you know, information was was compromised and shared, um, which which had significant, uh, potentially significant ramifications for our country.
0: Yeah, I, I for for me, there there. Are those those four stories that we just talked about the uh, uh, the power grid in the Ukraine the uh, hacking around the U.S. presidential election uh, the internet takedown uh, by the uh, IoT botnet. Um, and the Apple versus FBI case um, around uh, iPhone security, all just say to me that, that uh, cyber warfare, cybersecurity has just risen to a, a much higher level uh, and is, is having impacts in, you know, in ways that uh, it just never did before uh, 2016, or at least uh, it wasn't front and center and we weren't aware of it as much. That's to me. That's it. We weren't aware of it. I mean, now now the lambs are aware of
1: the slaughter, right? I mean, that's the difference. But I, I don't think it's it is in reality different. I think it's perceptually different, just for for us, you know, our, us plebes.
0: So the fourth theme of the year uh, was all about automation. So so we talked a bit about automating work uh, through through uh, robotics. Uh, we talked about the future of transportation, obviously uh, uh, self-driving cars. Uh, And uh, we had a very interesting episode uh, about the way humans treat robots, Dirk. I think you'll remember (laughs) that uh, uh, we saw the video of um, someone over at Boston Dynamics pushing uh, a robot down so it would be, you know, forced to uh, uh, get back up and right itself. Um, And uh, I think you had a pretty strong reaction to that. Um, so, so all of these stories, um, Uh, Whether it's robots or smart cities or uh, you know uh, automating transportation all all just speaks to uh, sort of the shifting sands of work uh, and you know what it means uh, that that we're going to be working in conjunction with a lot of artificial systems and robots and and sort of what that means for our ability to work with and around um, uh, these technologies and, and how we feel about that. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's all true. Um, I mean, you know, that
1: was one of my favorite shows from the standpoint of, um, from a like a personal prediction standpoint, I've I've I, I try to make less specific predis- predictions on the show anymore um, for for a few different reasons. But that was one I totally got right. You know, I I sort of reacted to it viscerally the moment I saw it. I went on the air. I talked about it, and then not immediately, but in the days after, there started to be a hue and cry against it um, to the point where they took that what they took that video down. That video. Um, no, you know, it doesn't exist in its original form. They edited it and removed it because it was total, total BS, total BS. And I think, I think it's a real foreshadowing of where we're headed, um, in terms of, you know, the, the interaction, the, the overlap between humanity and, and, um, artificial intelligence.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think there's going to be more and more stories like that as, uh, Uh, robots and AI and uh, uh, automation become uh, more part of our lives and uh, you know start doing a a lot of different kinds of work uh, maybe that 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 humans would have done previously so we'll stay tuned for that Uh, the last theme uh, of our our podcast this year, uh, and this this is one of the favorites of mine is is the intersection of design and science. So so we had a number of episodes about uh, clothing and technology. You're such
1: a nerd, John. I am, not,
0: a nerd. I am not. I am not. I refute that. How is that nerdy? Um, <laughs> I'm probably science. burying myself um, as I speak. I love it. Um, so clothing and technology, we did two episodes on embeddables um, uh, and and we did a episode on your piece uh, that was in the relaunch of UX Matters about the future of uh, user experience and all about how that was going to be uh, user experience was going to be tied very specifically um, uh, to science in the future and uh, and and we wound up our uh, design and science episodes with with an episode on quantum computing so if uh um, if 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 you want to run the gamut of those you know everything from fashion to to quantum computing we certainly have it covered um I, I i must say i i think this is you know from 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 a design and technology standpoint i i think this is the most exciting uh area just just lots of new materials to work with, uh, new things being created uh, all of the time because designers are beginning to work with scientists. Dirk, I, I don't know, um, you know, looking, looking at your piece on the future of user experience, how, how do you feel about that? That was, uh, I don't know, nine or ten months ago now. Um, do you see these, uh, these things uh, sort of percolating now for for uh, uh, UX and science, or, or are we still in the nascent stages?
1: Still pretty nascent. Um, I mean, you know, look.
0: I mean, this is a topic
1: I first talked about in 2011 at my talk at the uh, the global IXDA conference in in Dublin. Um, and i i wrote about it in your book john in my chapter in your book as well so i mean this is a trend i've been seeing coming for for over half a decade at this point and it's come slower than i i expected it's still slow, but it's clearly coming, and it's clearly coming in a big way. And you can tell um, because now, now it's being talked about more. You know, you have that the the journal um, is it called Design and Science or Science and Design or what's what's the name of it?
0: I think it's a Journal of Design and uh, Design and Science over at MIT.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and so when you have 10pole organizations like MIT, you know, pushing out content with that sort of an editorial focus, like you know, you know that this is really looming. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's again. This is a trend I saw a really long time ago. It's been slower, um, slower than I might have thought it would be. But um, you know, here here it comes, and uh, let's let's get ready for it.
0: All right. So that. Concludes our uh, five themes of the year. I'm going to collect each of these themes into a SoundCloud playlist uh, so so listeners can check out uh, any of these groupings uh, if you're interested and uh, Also on the digital life website there will be uh, a listing of all the episodes by theme so you can uh, uh, Check that out as well and we enjoyed very much uh, producing uh, the digital life this year and we look forward uh, to seeing all of you listeners uh, in 2017 and even more than that you know I would love to
1: hear John from our listeners what would what are they interested in what? What is it that we're not doing on the show that they would find to be really compelling content, and/or um, what are things we are doing that they particularly like and would like to to see more of from from a content perspective or a presentation perspective? Anything? I'd love more engagement with our listeners, and you know, at the end of every show, I give my my Twitter handle, and I would love to to, to hear from you, um, hear from you there. I'll, I'll give my email address this time, which I don't regularly do because I, I don't get much email traffic traffic from, from the show back when I, when I used to, um, but, but engage us. We want to serve you. We want to you know, um, give you the sort of things that you're looking for. So as 2016 is, is coming to an end and the dawn of 2017 is upon us, I, I hope you'll, um, you'll take advantage of that and, uh, and get in touch because we'd really love to hear from you.
0: Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody, so it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening, or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find the digital life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at goinvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at d That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And or please do engage me on email Uh, My email address is dirk at goinvo.com.
0: So that's it for episode 187 of The Digital Life and for our episodes in 2016. For Dirk Neumeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time.